So you want to start the year off strong, but you're having a hard time getting your students to follow directions. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you five procedures you should be teaching if your students are having a hard time listening to you. So let's jump right in. Hey, teacher bestie. My name's Helena, and I'm the creator of the Present Teacher Podcast. I'm a first-year teacher coach, and in this podcast, you are going to learn everything from simple, actionable classroom management, social emotional learning, and teacher wellness strategies. You know that impact you want to make in the classroom? Well, we're going to make it happen here. The number one procedure you should be teaching if you're having a hard time getting your students to follow directions is a class call. Now, a class call is something you use to get your students' attention when they're either talking or working so they can stop what they're doing and put their eyes on you and listen for directions. Now, a lot of teachers right now are using doorbells. I personally like using a class call that I can use not only in the classroom, but anywhere in the school. That's why I personally don't use a doorbell. But there's a variety of different class calls you could use, whether it's class, class, yes, yes, macaroni and cheese, everybody freeze, hocus, pocus, everybody focus. You can make your own out of their favorite brain breaks or go noodles. But what a lot of teachers miss when they teach classroom procedures when it comes to their classroom class call is they don't always teach their kids what they should be doing when you do a class call. Typically, the first day of school, they might do something like this. All right, everybody, we're going to do our first class call. This is what we're going to do. Class, class, you're going to say yes, yes. And then I go class, class, you go yes, yes. And that's it. And they might say, okay, I need you to stop everything you're doing and look at me. But that's not thoroughly teaching what the expectations are, discussing the why and modeling what it doesn't look like. So your students fully comprehend what you are asking of them. So instead, I might do something like, all right, today we're going to learn our first procedure, which is our class call. How this is going to go is I'm going to say macaroni and cheese and everybody's going to say everybody freeze. I go, you go macaroni and cheese, and they say, everybody freeze. Now, this is what it should look like and sound like. So-and-so, I want you to pretend you're the teacher. You'd have them model. And then I would say, everybody freeze. And then I'd model what it looked like when I was frozen. Then we'd have a class discussion about it, about what it looked like and sound like when I was freezing for the macaroni and cheese. Then I'd have some friends model what it doesn't look like. And I'd pick a couple students and say, so-and-so, now I'm going to do macaroni and cheese and everybody freeze, and you're going to show us the wrong way to do it. And then we would discuss what it doesn't look like, what it doesn't sound like. And after that comes the why. Why is it important that we do a class call? Why is it important that you freeze and you look at me whenever we do a class call? We'd have a discussion, and then we would all practice it over and over again. You see how much better the second time was compared to the first? The first, my students might pause what they're doing, but they might also look around to their friends, continue tying their shoe, continue their work. Because I wasn't explicit enough when I taught that procedure, it might feel in the moment that my students aren't listening to me, but the reality is I wasn't thorough enough when I taught my procedure. The second procedure I highly recommend you teach your students if you're having trouble with them listening and following directions is what the expectations are during whole group. Now, when you are teaching in a whole group setting, meaning you are teaching, you're the only one talking and everyone else is listening, are you expecting your students to talk to their friends? Are they working quietly? Are they sitting at the carpet? Are they sitting at their desks? 
Are they allowed to get up if they need? Can they use the restroom? Can they grab a pencil? All of these are a procedure that you want to teach your kids before they are expected to do so in an academic setting. So an example of for this could be like, all right, boys and girls, we're going to, all right, friends, we are going to do our second procedure, which is how we act at the carpet. So when we are at the carpet, we are going to be sitting crisscross applesauce apples in our basket unless we have a book in front of us, in which case we hold the book to our lap. Now, I'm going to model what it looks like, and then I would model myself sitting crisscross, looking at the teacher, being at a zero, and then we'd have a discussion of what it does look like and sound like. And then I would once again have students model what it doesn't look like and sound like. We'd also discuss why it's important that we behave that way during our whole group time, and then we would practice. Now, again, this is way more thorough than a lot of teachers typically go when we enter the whole group setting, but make sure you're explicit on what you expect of your students when they are sitting and supposed to be listening to you teaching. Do you want them raising their hand when it's their turn to talk? Do you want them talking to their neighbor? What should it look like and what should it sound like? The next procedure that I recommend you look at if you're having a hard time getting your students to follow directions is what is expected of them when they're supposed to be talking to their partner. Now, I particularly pointed out this procedure because it's easy for your students to get off task and to be disengaged in the lesson when you release them to talk and work with a partner. That's why before you teach this procedure, I highly recommend you think about, are you going to have peanut butter jelly partners? Who's going to talk first? What are the students doing to show that they're actively listening when the other person is talking? What does the speaker do when they are talking to their partner? And what are they supposed to do when they're done talking? All of these are really important when you release your students to talk to their partner. And it's something you want to model more than once and make sure to practice. So you could talk about how today we are going to learn how to talk with our neighbor. When I say teach, you're going to say, okay, and you're going to turn and talk to your neighbor about what your favorite animal is. And you can do fun things like that when you first start out to make it a little more fun and engaging, but make sure to have a system on who's talking first. That way you are not stuck saying you talk first, you talk first, you talk first, and you go through the entire class. Just like I modeled with the previous procedures, make sure to model what it looks like, sounds like you actually do it and show them what it should look like and sound like. Have them discuss then have them model the wrong way to do it, and then discuss the why it's important, and then also make sure to practice over and over again until they get it right. The fourth procedure that I recommend you teach if you're having a hard time getting your students to follow directions is to show you what when they are ready and they are ready to either interact with you or when they're done with their work. So you could build off of the partner conversation where you just had them learn the procedure about talking to each other. You can then have them do a ready signal. So a ready signal is a signal that they use to show you that they're ready, either talking to their partner or when they're done with their work. I typically use a thumbs up. You could also do a quiet coyote. I've seen some teachers have their friends make a funny face, put their heads down, whatever works for you, but this is gonna minimize the distractions and it helps them know what they're supposed to do when they're done so they're not tempted to interact or become disengaged. 
So before you teach this, decide, are you going to have a ready signal? And if so, what does that look like? Are they allowed to talk to their friends? Are they allowed to read a book? What are they expected to do when they're done and they're ready to engage with you again or when they're done with their work? Just like earlier, we talked about the procedure on what they should be doing during whole group. If you're having a hard time getting your students to stay focused and engaged, you also want to go through the procedure of what independent work looks like. Now, this is something I didn't think of. I just thought my students naturally knew, but what should it look like in South like when they're working independently. Make sure to model this typically on the first week of school when they're doing an activity and you want them to show what they know and work independently. Show them what it should look like and sound like when they do this activity independently. Are they getting up? Are they allowed to talk to friends? Are they allowed to use a restroom? Are they allowed to grab a pencil? What are they supposed to do when they need help? All of these things are things you should think about when you want your students to work independently. Make sure to model both what it looks like and doesn't look like. All in all, there are five procedures I recommend you go over with your students if you're having a hard time keeping them on task and following directions. The first one is to do a class call. The second one is to do whole group learning. The third one is when they are talking to their partner. The fourth one is when they're ready to share. And the fifth one is when they are working independently. All of these procedures are a great review and something you should definitely cover if you're having a hard time getting your students to follow directions. Thank you so much for joining. If you found this, I would really appreciate if you can like and make sure to subscribe so you can get notified when part four of the series comes out. And if you want to learn more about classroom management, make sure to check out the free three-day classroom management challenge where I walk you through how to be confident in your classroom management skills in just three days. As always, remember we are stronger together and I'll see you in the next one, Teacher Bestie. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope that you were able to take away some value that will help you thrive inside and out of the classroom. It would mean the world to me if you could take five seconds right now and leave a review on this podcast. And if you found this podcast especially helpful, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now and tag me on your socials to let me know you're listening. As always, remember that we are stronger together with all the love in the world, Helena, aka the President teacher. See you next time, teacher bestie.